Welcome back to Recorded Conversations, the podcast that's dedicated to compassionately considering all perspectives while engaging in authentic, connected dialogue. I'm Danielle Kingstrom. Hello, lovely listeners. I want to thank you for joining me again here on the Recorded Conversations podcast. Today, I am inviting back on my good friend, Glenn Klein. He's been on the show before. He is also a podcaster and a life coach, and he's just got a great perspective. It's a wider perspective than I hold, and I just always really enjoy having a conversation with him. We can talk about anything. And in fact, in this episode, we do. So we're going to talk about, you know, the policies that we are witnessing uh, taking place unfolding before our eyes here in the United States of America, thanks to the what Glenn Klein calls the Leiden administration, otherwise known as Joe Biden administration and presidency. We talk about what's going to happen in the next few years. We talk about how the change of a calendar doesn't necessarily mean that you have immediate insta change in your life. So we talk a little bit about resolutions. We're going to talk a little bit about this new trendy buzzword that has been unfairly attached as an alt-right extreme view, and that phrase is mass formation. You might have heard it as mass psychosis, mass formation psychosis, mass formation, mass psychosis formation. In other instances, I've heard it referenced as menticide. Many, many, many great minds have spoken about this term about this phrase about this facilitation of authoritarianism totalitarianism and this idea of a mass psychosis or as Carl Jung references as a psychic epidemic now I'm going to play for you a little clip from this YouTube channel that I've been subscribed to for a little bit and it's called after school school is spelled s-k-o-o-l and they do a variety of philosophical, psychological, sociological, anthropological, you name it. They're covering it. They're trying to expand, you know, awareness of good ideas, of bad ideas. And they do it in this really creative way by doodling. And so, of course, that's why I'm attracted to it. There's a little bit of animation, illustration. And this is a channel that I reference often as a teaching tool for my children. It kind of helps teach them about different philosophical and psychological ideas. It helps introduce them to philosophers and economists and speakers of our time, people who have influenced us, people who have you know, shared with us great wisdom. I'm always trying to get my kids on the same page as me to understand what I'm talking about. So I'm always trying to introduce new ideas to them. And so if you're looking for a way to learn, I highly recommend this channel on the YouTube. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to play a clip from the episode that they posted on August 3rd, 2021, and it's gotten over four and a half million views. 
and it is entitled Mass Psychosis, How an Entire Population Becomes Mentally Ill. So I'm going to play that for you. And as you're listening to it, I I want you to ask yourself if the behaviors and the characteristics that are listed off just in this clip seem familiar to you. If you can hear what is being described and you can go, I know someone like that. Or maybe it's you. Maybe you're going, oh, crap, I've been acting like that. So I just want you to listen to it. I think this is going to give you a... um, a better introduction into understanding what this buzzword is and just help you understand it a little bit more in case it comes up in conversation with you and your friends. All right, so here it is. The masses have never thirsted after truth. They turn aside from evidence that is not to their taste, preferring to deify error if error seduced them. Whoever can supply them with illusions is easily their master. Whoever attempts to destroy their illusions is always their victim. According to the psychologist Carl Jung, the greatest threat to civilization lies not with the forces of nature, nor with any physical disease, but with our inability to deal with the forces of our own psyche. We are our own worst enemies, or as the Latin proverb puts it, man is a wolf to man. In Civilization in Transition, Jung states that this proverb is a sad yet eternal truism. And our wolf-like tendencies come most prominently into play at those times of history when mental illness becomes the norm rather than the exception in a society, a situation which Jung termed a psychic epidemic. Indeed, it is becoming ever more obvious, he writes, that it is not famine, not earthquakes, not microbes, not cancer, but man himself, who is man's greatest danger to man for the simple reason that there is no adequate protection against psychic epidemics, which are infinitely more devastating than the worst of natural catastrophes. In this video, we are going to explore the most dangerous of all psychic epidemics, the mass psychosis. A mass psychosis is an epidemic of madness, and it occurs when a large portion of a society loses touch with reality and descends into delusions. Such a phenomenon is not a thing of fiction, Two examples of mass psychoses are the American and European witch hunts of the 16th and 17th centuries and the rise of totalitarianism in the 20th century. During the witch hunts, thousands of individuals, mostly women, were killed not for any crimes they committed, but because they became the scapegoats of societies gone mad. In some Swiss villages, writes Francis Hill, there were scarcely any women left alive after the frenzy had finally burned itself out. When a mass psychosis occurs, the results are devastating. Jung studied this phenomenon and wrote that the individuals who make up the infected society become morally and spiritually inferior. They sink unconsciously to an inferior intellectual level. They become more unreasonable, irresponsible, emotional, erratic, and unreliable. And worst of all, crimes the individual alone could never stand are freely committed by the group smitten by madness. What makes matters worse is that those suffering from a mass psychosis are unaware of what is occurring. What you're also going to hear us bring up here on this episode is a reference to Dr. Malone. He was recently on the Joe Rogan Experience podcast, and I don't know if you pay attention to the Twitter sphere or not, but Dr. Robert Malone was actually blocked from using Twitter. I think he was banned or something, and he is... uh, a doctor who had participated in the development of the RNA 
vaccinations. And he was a doctor that began to speak out against the way that these vaccines were being distributed and kind of wanted to inform people of the product that he participated in creating and how it is adversely impacting a great number of our population across the world. And so he brought up this idea of mass psychosis formation as well, and he gave a reference to Dr. Matthias Desmond. And now I referenced that same doctor on a recent blog that I posted on Patheos Progressive Christian, and that was about mass psychosis formation. What is it and how can you prevent yourself from being trapped by it? Dr. Robert Malone adequately quotes him and kind of breaks down the conditions that are necessary for this to take place. Now, Dr. Desmond also appeared on a podcast. It was on the Peak Prosperity podcast, which is hosted by Chris Martinson. Matthias Desmond on Mass Formation, and I recommend that you go find that too. I found it on soundon.fm. And I also referenced a link to this podcast within my latest blog on Patheos Progressive Christian. So if you are interested in listening to that, that's where you can find the link. I'm also going to throw the link on the show notes here so you can look for that as well. The point is, is I think it is a condition worth knowing about. And the only reason I think that we need to know about it is so that we can individually self-reflect on it and ask ourselves, am I a victim of this? Have I been hypnotized? Have I been brainwashed like the rest of society? And if you want to be one of those people that say that we're not brainwashed, there is a great deal of the population that is extraordinarily hypnotized by the idea that Big Pharma is our, it's going to be our new savior, that Bill Gates is our messiah, you know, and, and that, that Joe Biden is the new world order oracle. And I just, I'm, I'm not going to get down with that. And so it's my part of helping inform people and better perspectives to consider, this would be one, okay? And so something I just wanted to kind of go over because I took notes, because you know me, I'm a note taker, is when I was listening to Dr. Desmond talk about the conditions that are required for this social psychosis, it, it really struck me that COVID was the perfect playground for this to take root in and to grow exponentially and impact the most amount of people. So Dr. Matias Desmond goes over these conditions that are necessary in order for an entire population to become mentally hypnotized. And the first condition is a lack of social bonds. We have a lack of connectedness. We were in lockdown. We were isolated. We were quarantined. We were scared to be around people because we thought they would be contagious and infectious. So condition number one, met. And I think that was met by what? April, May of 2020. The second condition is a lack of meaning making. And that means that like you uh, are experiencing a lack of meaningful relationships, connection. You're experiencing a lack of purpose. Like what is my purpose? And I think that over the last two years, during the lockdowns and all of the isolation and the quarantine, a lot of people had time to start thinking about life in a more existential way, in a more philosophical way, because they weren't able to get out and about and go do the daily grind. And so a lot of people started recognizing that they had attached their identities to their jobs and to their social circles. And now that they couldn't participate in them, they were questioning, well, what's my purpose? I feel like I have no meaning. And so many people felt like now their jobs no longer had meaning, especially because so many people lost their jobs. So I believe we can agree that condition was met. What develops as a result of those two lacks that you find within your life 
is that you're confused and you feel as if nothing makes sense. Now compound that with the narratives that were being fed to us through mainstream media, you know, through the channel programming. People were telling us to be scared and afraid and to remain alone. And then we heard contradicting evidence, right? We heard studies here. We heard data here. We heard a doctor say this, but this doctor said this. We heard one prominent leader say this and another celebrity say this. And so we were all confused. And so this confusion leads to anxiety, which leads to the third condition necessary to hypnotize an entire population. And that is high levels of free-flowing anxiety. So Dr. Desmond talks about this free-flowing anxiety as being disconnected from a mental representation. And so the thing is, is that people who suffer from anxiety, I'm one of those people, we usually know what induces that anxiety and we can avoid it or we can be attentive to it and recognize what is making us anxious and find a way to calm ourselves down. And sometimes that's done with pills, but other times it's done with meditation. The point is, is that our anxiety is connected to a mental representation. To meet this third condition, we have high levels of free-flowing anxiety. That means we don't know where the anxiety is coming from. We don't know how to prevent it. And so this is a very adversive mental state for a lot of people because you can't run away from this anxiety. You can't hide from it. You can't stop it. You can't block it. You can't prevent it. You don't know which object it is that's causing it that you can usually control. And so it seems like we have no control. There's uncertainty and the anxiety levels are freaking phenomenal. Okay, this is the third condition. And so what happens is we usually can make sense of the world because we don't have so much free-flowing anxiety. But since we are so overwhelmed by anxiety and uncertainty, so we need something to help us make sense of the world. So the fourth condition in order for mass hypnosis is that from that free-flowing anxiety turns into free-flowing aggression and frustration. Now these follow the first three conditions. So what happens is the object of anxiety is recognized. We have a disconnect from the symbolic world and the real world. We've gone through a state of demoralization and now we need a resolution. We'll step in big pharma, step in big gates, step in big Fauci. Alas, the savior has arrived. I will produce for you the ultimate remedy. I will save you. And so what happens then is this model, this hero model is given to us. This hero solution is in the near, right? The end of the Trump administration, the vaccines were being pushed. And then everybody was like, I will never take a vaccine if Trump tells me to take a vaccine. But of course, we all took the vaccine, right? Well, I didn't, but most of y'all probably did. Maybe y'all didn't. Maybe a lot of people just said they did. Not the point. So in walks in the rescue plan. And the rescue plan is the vaccine. So now what happens, since all four conditions have been met, a group of people will surround themselves around this Messiah, around this model savior, around this model solution, and they will attach every piece of energy they possibly can to this solution. And anybody who opposes the solution, anyone who is skeptical of the solution, anyone who is skeptical of the Savior, they are immediately the enemy. Now we have immense division. Where did the first division stand? 
Well, it started with the masks, didn't it? The mask versus the unmask. So then we hear that the new remedy is a vaccine. A year later, I think we're starting to find out that vaccine didn't prevent shit. So that's not the point. Because even though these people know the vaccine didn't prevent them from getting COVID, they are still loyal to the savior solution and they will still continue to do everything they can to defend it. Meanwhile, you have people like me who have been watching this whole thing unfold for the last two years, knowing every step of the way to be skeptical of every bullshit fucking antic they were ready to produce for us because what happened was everything was propagandized and politicized. And when that shit happens in my brain, I try and reject it. I go, no, that ain't for me. That's not the way the cookie crumbles. Okay, my little hat tip to Walter Cronkite. So we have all of these conditions being met. And as you hear lots and lots of people having a conversation about We are witnessing a mass hypnosis of our society. I I just think delivering the information, showing you what the characteristics and behaviors are, helping you understand what the conditions are, I think for a lot of people, just having that information might break into that cognitive dissonance, might interrupt that brainwashing program, and might help a few people, one starfish at a time, open their eyes and see what's taking place. Totalitarianism is taking over. And I really believe that we need to do something to prevent it. The best way to do something is to start with information and go from there. Often I believe that when we are given the information we need, conviction will just take us along for the ride and we'll stand up and do what's right. So I'm rambling. I want to get you into this episode, but I wanted to give you kind of a little backstory, a little bit of a definition, just to help you flow into this understanding of the conversation that will unfold before you. Last thing I want to say is Glenn Klein, he's my friend, he's a life coach, he's a writer, he's a podcaster, and if you want to check him out, I recommend that you visit one of his websites. You can find him on Glenn Klein Online, that's G-L-E-N-N-K-L-E-I-N-O-N-L-I-N-E.com. You can also find him at CoachGlennKlein.com, spelled the same way. There you'll also find his blog, The G-Spot. And I think you'll find that that's entertaining with a little bit of Glenn Klein humor. I also want to say the information you hear within this podcast has not been approved by the FDA. Everything mentioned in here is for educational purposes only. Please try new things at your own risk. Consult your own lifestyle and your own personal physician. Please understand that the recommendations mentioned within this podcast are not intended to cure, prevent, or treat any illness or disease. I just wanted to say that to cover my ass. I'm not trying to say we have the cure for COVID. I want to bring you into this episode. Listeners, please compassionately consider the perspective of Glenn Klein. Enjoy the episode. Are you cool? Are you cool? are you cool with swearing and shit? Yeah, okay. absolutely. I'm all about the swear life. All about it. I'm all about that cuss word life. Okay. So, uh, how you been, Glenn? I'm doing wonderfully. So, how's 2022? Just like 2021. Is it? Is oh, it? Yeah. You don't see any changes afoot? 
course, there's always change. It's the only constant. So what's been, uh, what's changing in your life? So you're not doing the other podcast anymore? No, Sex in the Pews is history. Sex in the Pews uh, was my podcast on celebrating sexuality and exposing the historic ill effects of religion on a healthy human sexuality. We did 313 episodes. And uh, last spring, what do they say in the theater world when something goes dark or puts a wrap on it? My daughter would know. She's an actor. Yeah. She's pregnant. So, that's that. That's new. That's new. That's awesome. She's Congrats Prego. to her. When's she do? At the end of May, early June. Nice. End that's of May, good, I guess. That's a good time to have a baby. It's never a bad time. No. So are you, you doing- got a bunch of them. I do. I have a bunch of them and I have a grandson. So, and he, yes, my- I have two grandsons. Yeah. I I'm at two, well, two grandkids, Connor and Caroline. Yeah. Boy and a girl. We, I saw the pictures a, this uh, morning. We don't know what this one's yet, but um, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. We miss having you on sex in the pews. Yeah. Well, are you doing anything new right now? I'm doing my general podcast, which yeah. is called one client online, but I'm doing it purely out of, love of the game. Love of the I tried game. to make a living at Sex of the Pews. And I, even though we were the upper 1% of all podcasts in the world, I hired a podcast consultant mm-hmm. and he looked into us good. He was a nice kid from Miami. And he, he said, you're doing amazing. He said, you're in the number one podcast on the island of Jamaica under the category of spirituality. Because we deal with it. I'm sure we'll get you and I will get into it on the show here spirituality quite a bit yeah uh he goes but bro we, we were approaching a hundred thousand downloads he goes yeah. you don't need a hundred thousand downloads to monetize this thing you need ten thousand an episode and i thought eh, that is not going to happen on a show with a niche i mean it's if you are doing that you're a ben shapiro you're lucky you're a joe rogan you're lucky yeah uh, a few others if you're on uh, a Fox News platform, you're lucky. But or if you've already established some form of credibility out there as an expert in something else, and then you start a podcast like Jordan Peterson and you steal all my thunder, then yeah, it sucks. Mm-hmm. But good for them. Yes, I, I, I have nothing but love for all my colleagues. And I you know, had um, several sex- successful careers, uh, including podcasting. You know, I didn't make any money at it. And uh, I was a talk show host in Milwaukee at a uh, general talk radio station. I won four Wisconsin Broadcasting Association awards while I was there. I ran an incredibly successful summer camp in northern Wisconsin, my boyhood camp that I bought. And uh, so I, I, I'm, and I'm a life coach. That's, that's really what I do. That's my passion to help people uh, navigate this thing that we like to call life. So that's what, that's what I'm doing now full time. That's awesome. And, and, and writing. I do a lot of writing. Yeah. And you've written a book and don't you think that it's unfortunate that we measure success with money versus just how it makes us feel. I think a lot of people get caught up in that. I've been told that too. You could be successful. And I was like, could be, I am, I do what I want to do. How is that not a success for me? Well, it, it is works. a success, but I, no, I, I don't, think that gauging success by money is a bad thing as one gauge it's just it's it's one gauge 
Mm -hmm. uh, the most important gauge to me is, uh, are you a person that is happy, satisfied, um, self-actualized, making a difference, being a blessing in the earth? That's the number one thing to me is a mark of success is uh, whether you are being a blessing. Mm. So for 2022, how are you seeing yourself being a blessing to others? Do you have any intentions? Yes, but it but it's got nothing to do with an arbitrary number on a calendar. No. At my website, uh, coachglenkline.com, my blog is called the G Spot Blog, and if you just search 2020, uh, you will read about my perspective on New Year's resolutions mm. and on the fact that nothing changes from 2021 to 2022. Remember, in 2020, everybody was like, "We, I can't wait." till 2020 is over. Mm -hmm. And then 2021 came. Yeah. And as I say in my blog about uh, the concept of New Year's resolutions and New Year and new intentions and all that shit, uh, it's our, we, we gloss over the, just the general lunar cycle mm -hmm. with a date. Yeah. And there's, I'm, I'm not saying that there's a, a anything wrong with setting resolutions or goals. I think that I coach set, setting goals, writing goals yeah. down. It's very, it's very important, but to have any hope at all, to put any stock at all in that a number changes, very ineffective. Right. Cause that's such an instantaneous change of the calendar, right? 2021. Now it's 2022. And so I think a lot of people get stuck. They set up these resolutions and they make all these plans. And so they want that instantaneous change, just like the calendar. And they don't realize like, no, you're going to have to cycle through this the whole year. And then probably the next year thereafter, if you really want this to be what your ultimate is and you have to work towards it every day, it doesn't change over a calendar. Right. That's right. Yeah. So, uh, it's not 2022 in the Hebrew calendar, by the way, What is or 2022 it? in the Chinese calendar or th there are thousands of years ahead of the Christian calendar and their dates are different for the new year. And it's just, yeah. And there's, yeah. I always think about that. Why is their Chinese new year different than our new year? It's weird. Well, if you ever want to see a really incredibly smart and funny bit about the calendar, uh, Google Louis CK on Christianity winning. But the Christians are the main one. That's what I tell them. The Christians won. They're the winners. So act accordingly. Congratulate Christians when you meet them. Because they won the world. And it's true. It's true. We love to tell each other ourselves like every religion is exactly. No, no, they're not. The Christians won everything a long time ago. If you don't believe me, let me ask you a question. What year is it? I mean, come on. What year is it according to the entire human race? And why? What year is it? Anybody, sir, just yell out the year. Thank you, 20, 2016. No, it's 20, that's right. It's 2017. What is that? That's a number. It's not just any number. It must be a very important number because we're counting to it in unison as a species. 
for thousands of years we've been going one, two, three, come on everybody, four, now come on Africa, five, six, what is this number, what, we're counting the days, since what, since there was ever people, or since the sun did a something? Not at all. It's been 2017 years since what? Anybody, yell it out. Christ. Since, yes, Christ! Christ! That's right. It's been 2017 years since Christ! Jesus! We are counting the days since Jesus together. Which makes sense if you're Christian, but what the fuck are the rest of us doing? Okay. Louis it is CK. really, it is. That guy's a fucking genius. And of course, he got me too a couple of years ago. and Or more than a couple now. He's He started to re-enter he should have hired me danielle he should have yes to, to help him with his communication re-entering his, yeah. his apology was beautiful he was yeah. like i'm out i got lots to learn but he came in too fast and too hot yeah. and uh, that's that's actually what i do i'm, I'm actually a communications coach yeah. because if you think about it everything's about communication it really is it's like how we look at a new year mm-hmm. uh, how we communicate with ourselves if you are communicating with yourself ladies and gentlemen, effectively, you're going to be more successful on however you gauge success. Mm. And so that's really what I do. I, I, I'm a public speaker. I am a writer. The book you referenced is called Early Wake Up Call, which yes. I hope maybe we'll be getting into the pandemic. I wrote this in the spring of 2020, when everybody was still freaking out, yeah. including people like Ben Shapiro and Tucker Carlson and yeah. Laura Ingram and people that are Joe Rogan, and people that are yeah, have come to see the light, so to speak. I just, I started blogging about it and I was so viciously attacked and mm. I was thinking about it so much. I was like, what's going on here? And then I realized there was a book. You get it on Amazon, you can listen to it for free on Audible, but it's Early Wake Up Call, How a Coach's Early Warnings About the Pandemic Can Help You Now. That was the point. Yeah. I The reason I was able to approach the pandemic rationally is be and effectively is because I just without knowing it, I overlaid my life's philosophy and my strategy in raising our six kids and being a summer camp director and a life coach onto the pandemic. So, regardless of what change is coming in your life and what challenges and crises you have, which obviously we're all sharing this one, uh, you can get through it and you and you can thrive through it. Uh, and the, all the principles are in there using the pandemic very directly. Mm. understanding human nature and human history and the propensity for bureaucracy and government to fuck things up almost all the time. But, but especially when it, when it gets started, I mean, it's really a nightmare out there. Well, it is. And so here's something that's interesting. So we all admit that here in the States, we can see that there's still crises. I just heard, was it Glenn Beck? He said, but the rest of the world is like over COVID. 
And I said, well, why do we keep seeing all these little pockets of distributions of Britain here and Germany there and France there? It seems like this crisis is really entangled out there. Do you think, have you seen that too? Are there some countries that are like, we're going back to normal, fuck all this. Or And then there's some of us that are still stuck in this whole perpetuating the pandemic. Well, it depends on the countries, of course. Yeah. Israel is on their fourth round of vaccinating mm. their public. It's, it's, it's a good example. I mean, they, they did mass lockdown. I mean, it's, it's a country of about 6 million people. So it's a lot easier number wise. Yeah. The Omicron variant and the Delta variant just rushed in. There's some evidence now that people who have not been vaccinated, which I have not been and won't be, uh, actually are fighting off Omicron better than the people that were double vaccinated and boosted. That's why I people... wonder if that has to do with our immune systems at all. Yeah, I wonder if uh, the immune system might be kind of important. But places like Australia, they've mm. got freaking concentration camps. Uh, I know. Quarantine camps. Places like uh, Canada, insane. I know. Our, our Canadian peeps that I love so much north of the border. So, you know, I think we're going to be getting into what the mentality is that would allow a mass hysteria like this to take place. Because I got to tell you, we have in our family a small business here in the Tampa Bay area called the Sun Bar. It's a mm -hmm. tanning saloon. It's the only sports bar in the world for tanning. And nice. we've got detox and massage, and it's just a place to come and relax. Well, we're just a little business. So when everything got shut down nationwide, remember 15 days to slow the curve or slow yeah. the spread. Yeah. We, I mean, even the beloved governor of the free state of Florida, Ron DeSantis, he locked everything down. Yeah. Except for the, remember the essential workers? I wonder where that term came from. You know where? World War II, the Third really? Reich. They, they, they decided who was going to go to the concentration camp based on if they were essential workers or not, or if they were going to be gassed. Were they essential to the war effort? Ugh, I can't I can't even believe they use that terminology just out of principle. Again, communication being critical. Well, we made a decision at our little tanning bar that we weren't going to close. And we never did. We've never required masks. We in our little shopping center, there was a Publix, a grocery store, the liquor store. Liquor store is very essential. Very essential. Keep us drunk. Yes. And stone, the, the uh, dispensaries, essential. And of course, PetSmart, the pet store with all the other small businesses. Totally. We're close. We caught some shit from a few of our clients. Like, how could you be open? And we're like, don't come. But don't come we had you, yeah. hundreds and hundreds of people uh, thank us for being open and, and getting the vitamin D and the detox. Uh, we have an ionic with bath detox. The 15 minutes of freedom and normalcy. And we never required masks. We never put the goddamn plexiglass. By the way, we now know the masking, social distancing, the none of it worked. It work. They're none still it doing worked. it. They're no. still fucking doing it. And so then uh, we never closed. And the only thing we did was we required only one person to come in at a time, put them in their room, whether they were doing the detox or the massage or the tanning, and then the next person would come in. Uh, if every, if I would say even if just a, a third of the businesses around the country would have done that, they wouldn't have been able to do what they've done to this economy and to this society. Well, I but think the businesses should have said no in the fucking first place. Well, that's what we did. And we, the police would come in, they would look and just keep on going. They never yeah. came into the store, into the sun bar. And 
we made a shitload of money and a lot of friends and we never got hurt from the lockdown. We had probably got help because it was one thing that moms and dads and young people could come and do that was bringing relief to them. But to your question, as are people done with, with the, the pandemic? I am. I am. And, we, and our governor, uh, and I am not a Republican or a Democrat. I'm an independent. I'm libertarian in my philosophy. Uh, but Ron DeSantis has done an amazing job. He really uh, has. He's back. gotten beat and that's, up that's for That's why it. the left hates him, because that guy's a threat. I mean, he gives it right back to him. And, uh, and you know, he's like Donald Trump with intelligence. Yeah. And, you know, with good hair and a beautiful wife who unfortunately is battling uh, breast cancer right now. And that's why the left, uh, he, including the, his opponents for the upcoming election, were criticizing him for being MIA during the Omicron uh, surge. He was taking care of his wife who was in chemotherapy for brain or for a breast cancer, for goodness yes. sake. And, yeah. and so he's going to crush it in the reelection. I'm sure. And then if Trump doesn't run, uh, I think he would be the odds on favorite to, to be the Republican yeah, nominee. Good and I haven't voted yeah. for a Democrat or Republican in decades, uh, but I might vote for Ron DeSantis. So we, we, are, we are in the free state of Florida, uh, home of the twice now Stanley Cup champion, Tampa Bay Lightning. That's awesome. I love me some sports, Danielle. I, um, I've been forced to watch sports now that I'm bartending. So, I mean, I'll watch the wild. Last last week, yes, the wild. Um, I'm I'm really not a sports. They were out. They did an outside game at Target Field in some. Um, yeah, it was ten below. It was freezing. Yeah, they got they got uh, throttled by the St. Louis Blues. What sports bar are are you? Is it a sports bar? Um, it's just a local bar here in a very small town. What's it called? It's called Woody's. Oh, they have good wood at Woody's. I bet good wood at Woody's. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What's your specialty drink at Woody's? Uh, we. There's there's no such thing. Bar rescue would implode if they walked into that bar. Okay, <laughs> they would impl- that he would go nuts on them. Uh, do, do they allow smoking at Woody's? Uh, outside. Outside only. Yeah, yeah no right. smoking inside in Minnesota unless you are a casino. That's the rule. You can smoke in Florida at a bar. Really? Yeah, <laughs> some crazy ass <laughs> rule. When this, I want Florida rules in Minnesota. I don't want to live in Florida, but I want Florida rules really bad. Florida rules, Florida rules. It's, it's, uh, the thing about Florida is that it's, uh, it's an amalgamation of the whole country. It really is. And people think, well, why was Florida always crazy? Because the country's crazy. So we have everything here. Because you have like every culture there. Right. And every generation of every culture. And now more and more people are moving here, of course. And When the nanny state was taking over smoking all over the country, here's what they did in Florida. You can have smoking in bars. If you serve food in your gross income is 10% or more from your food service, then you can't have smoking. So guess what happened? All the places that wanted to have smoking just lowered their food expenditures to 10%, which of course hurt businesses. And then again, I'm smoking. So that's, that's, that's well, that was the compromise it. here in the great state of Florida, which is to this day. And Florida is the compromising state. I see AOC spent her New Year's there. Mm-hmm. And I laughed Andy when Cortez, I saw that. The congresswoman um, from New York. Because mm-hmm. that was brilliant. She has spent how many months trying to shame Florida only to go there maskless 
And I thought, you know, this is a great depiction of the overall hypocrisy that is our United States government. Right there, in a nutshell. Saying something like that, then traveling. Everybody, all the elites, all the politicians, all the elected special people, they all get away with breaking all of the rules they have set forth for us. Well, they don't all, but it's it's it, it, the hypocrisy runs rampant. Did you see what she said was in the response to the criticism of her? Oh yeah, it was all about what Republicans Se- sexual and their frustration, sex, sex the frustration, yeah, because they all want to fuck her. Which there there may be some of that. I mean, she locked sure. herself in with the LGBTQ plus community. There may be some of that. We know that a lot of anti-gay marauders and activists. Uh, end up being gay themselves. That's true. Because, yeah. So there, yeah. there is some, but you don't say that shit when you're the Congresswoman and one of the leaders of the Democrat Party from the great state of New York. But I mean, Andrew Cuomo had to leave office. He didn't get away with the shit, but now it looks like he cut a deal. So no criminal charges. With, no so criminal charges. Get, yeah. He's, he's, like, he's going to kind of get away with shit. We care so much about what boxing people in and shaming them with sexual frustration, but then we actually do nothing about sexual abuse or sex trafficking. Well, what well, are see, we supposed again, to do? I, I think that's a general, a very, we do things about it, obviously. Uh, I give every month to an organization that's fighting human sex slave trafficking. Sex in the pews are we had two major uh, charitable efforts. One was to stop human sex slave trafficking and the other was to stop circumcision, mm-hmm. both male mm-hmm. and female circumcision, which is a heinous uh, mutilation of baby. Sure, the people, the people have to suffer. The people have to go through the punishment, but do the the special, do the elite, do the politicians, do they well, ever they're, suffer? They're, they're affected, but it's, it's all about power and control. Definitely. I just posted something on Facebook the other day uh, it's, I get it what the guy's name is, but you can see on my Facebook page if you want, but it says good people will do good things. Bad people will do bad things. But the only time that, uh, good people do bad things is because of religion. Yeah, I saw that. And so I said, and government, and then somebody said, well, not, you know, government does do some good things, but so does the religion. We don't need government in the way that it's expanded to where all the control and power freaks just gravitated towards there. We don't need religion to have people take care of each other. It's again, all about communication, but this is what we have. And obviously if the founding uh, fathers of this country knew what had happened to the federal government and, and our, they literally took away our freedom to freely assemble. And except if you were protesting uh, the murder of George Floyd. Yeah, then you that, were allowed then it out. was okay. Or if yeah. you wanted to completely demolish, yeah, Minneapolis. Yeah, that, that was, yeah, that was, that was really, okay. And Brooklyn Park was really okay important too. communication and messaging and in living one's life. Hypocrisy is every, if, if the definition of hypocrisy, Danielle, is I say one thing, I do another, then we're all hypocrites. Yeah. But I love the definition that Christ gave in the New Testament writings of hypocrisy. He said hypocrisy, because he called them hypocrites. He called the religious leaders hypocrites. He mm-hmm. said hypocrisy is when you are criticizing somebody for doing something and you do the same thing. That's hypocrisy. Mm-hmm. And of course, that's government and religion are just- All the time doing that. They're, 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 one of my friends on Facebook said they're kissing cousins. They're really the same thing, just in a different guise. Oh, I agree. Government they're they're both systems. Religion is government. Yeah. Religion actually means something. The word 
Religion, again, communication, literally means to put back under bondage. See, spiritually speaking, we were free. We're, we're, yeah. We weren't born sinners. We were born righteous. This is the new covenant. This is a new way of looking at things. It's all about communication, self-communication between your ears. We're born righteous. Kids aren't born sinners. Mm-hmm. My babies, uh, grandbabies weren't born sinners. They're born righteous. And then society, religion tells me, you're bad, you're sinners, you're, you need salvation. So the uh, how we look at this thing is so freaking critical. And of course, uh, we, the people that are really lacking in self-esteem and security gravitate towards positions of power and professions where you, they can control other people and be controlled. That's the, that's the thing. And I've been seeing, I've seen a lot of people come out and talk about, you know, and there's psychology behind this too. There is a great number in the population of people who do want to be controlled, who want to be told what to do. They're called authoritarians. Thank you. And that's what is developing in our country right now. Oh, it's, it's always been there. It's just that that the mass media and social media just exacerbates everything. Yeah. It, it connects people that it, it encourages connectivity and then it encourages separation based on people finding their identity and what they think or what political persuasion they have and all that shit that is so freaking uh ineffective it's it's amazing and so uh, we have a, a, a situation now where the people who about a third of people are authoritarians about mm-hmm. a third statistically this is why donald trump and bernie sanders rose to prominence because in their own way, from their own political persuasion, they represented authority. For Bernie Sanders and the left, the authority is the state. For Trump, he was the authority. Only he could do what needed to be done. And the authoritarians, of course, are the base of both parties. They're the ones that, that are involved and want to control other people and the pleasure police and they know better for everybody's life, blah, blah, blah. Here's the amazing thing. This is incredible what I'm about to tell you guys. Trump wins the nomination in 2016. Hillary wins it in a really despicable way against Bernie Sanders. Yeah. 20% of the people that voted for Bernie Sanders in the Democratic primary voted for Donald Trump for president. 20 made, made the difference in the election. Why? Because Trump is an authoritarian. So is Bernie. Just on it. Both one coin, two sides. What they so, don't think Hillary is? Of course, but she's not as much as as uh, um, Bernie. True. Bernie's a socialist. Yeah, yeah. Bernie's a democratic communist. socialist. No. Right. He is. Uh, he had his freaking honeymoon in the Soviet Union. Forgot to talk about a hypocrite. Oh boy, the man has three homes. But he's a man of the people. Man of the people. So anyway, uh, yeah, twenty percent. No, Hillary is just a horrible human being, and she's perfect and righteous like everybody else. Don't misunderstand. So is Trump. So is, uh, as I like to call him, President Biden. What a liar Biden is! Holy mackerel, that guy. I mean, not only is he cognitively challenged these days, he's. I mean, he's been lying his whole life. Yeah, he has. And that, yeah, and they, they, they all lie. Yeah, they do. 
He just sucks at it. And yeah. apparently he's got incredibly poor decision-making. What he's done to this country in one year is really remarkable. Oh. It's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> but the ultimate goal was really to sow division. I mean, it's, it's never, I, you know, for all that people have to say about Trump, I think he did do things policy-wise. I think he was effective in a lot of areas within the government. But Biden has been only effective in sowing division and sowing fear and really has been the freaking dictator of helping push this mass psychosis formation. Trump was the one that exacerbated, accelerated the division. You think so? Trump was the one that allowed Fauci to be sick down to this country the way uh, that he was. Do you it, think he had a choice I, in I, that? Listen, by the, bottom line, it was because how Trump handled his presidency, forget about the decisions he made. I, I like a lot of the decisions Trump made. I like less regulation. I like that he made uh, our embassy move to Jerusalem. I like that fact that if you're going to have a border, which that's a whole other conversation, you got to have a fucking border and you got to have a policy. I, 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 I like uh, the fact that we were energy exporters for the first time in decades. Mm-hmm. Uh, gas prices were lower. I like that shit. But he was a knuckle. He is a knucklehead. Yeah. And it, it was because here's how bad a President Obama was and how bad a candidate Clinton was. We got Trump. That's true. Here's how, here's how bad and ineffective uh, Trump was in. Uh, and I deal with this very, very much in early wake up call about Trump because uh, I blame Trump. We got Biden because of Trump, you guys. Now, I, I used to, on the radio show, I said, listen, the Republicans are going to be happy that Biden won. Because if Trump would have won right now, the Democrats who kept control barely of the House and the Senate would be on, they would be on a wave to a wave election because you can't do what we did to an economy and not have anything happen. That's this true. shit was going to happen. It's been made worse by the policies of President Biden and people like Anthony Blinken, the Secretary of State, and Lloyd Austin, the Secretary of Defense, and the policies that they put into place in the border and shutting down the XL pipeline. Yeah. But if Trump was going to have problems, believe me. You can't pump this much money into the economy as Trump did that, yeah. and not have it uh, have a, a, a huge effect. And, and the and economies go up and down, of course. So the Republicans would be getting set to be have their asses kicked in November. It's going to be the Democrats, of course. And uh, the, the Republicans are going to be very happy that Biden won because this is the natural ebb and flow of American politics. And if Trump, here's what I'm hoping for, that Trump doesn't want, run. Because if Trump doesn't win a run, he can be just set, he can be the kingmaker and anoint uh, DeSantis or whoever, have his rallies, but he's got a new company. And maybe Jared Kushner and Ivanka and Don Jr. and Eric and all of his little people around him say, listen, Dad, you becoming president cost us billions of dollars. Why don't you just play golf? We're going to have we'll, we'll get you this network that they're doing, this the social media thing. And you can make speeches and have fun. And, and then he can be honored by uh, the chances are it's going to be a Republican president. Even Trump might win. If Trump would win again, 
obviously it'd be historic, but I don't think he wants to. The only guy that I think that could lose right now is a Republican is Trump. That's how much a significant percentage of the American population disdain him. And I had written Trump's inaugural speech. I had it, I had literally written his inauguration speech. Remember, he kept saying, I can pivot, I can be presidential. Well, no, I knew he couldn't. Yeah. But in my mind, I had written a reconciling, coming together. See, Biden had that type of speech in his inauguration, but he never, he never even came close to doing it. What did Trump do as soon as he was inaugurated? He attacked the media for, mm. for reporting that his crowd size was too small. Because in him, size is everything. That's an insecure man, Danielle, as you well mm. know. Yeah, that's true. Yep. That's true. Okay, so... So in the end, he's going to end up taking a lot of heat after if we get through a post-pandemic, don't you think? Don't you think Trump's going to be the ultimate scapegoat with everything? Because I feel like Biden's already pivoting towards that, right? He continues to give Trump credit for the vaccines, but we're seeing the vaccines are not a success. And he has, you know, focused everything on what he's dealing with as a result of Trump's choices. So don't you think that would be his campaign strategy is to make Trump the scapegoat for everything and why everything sucks right now? Well, it doesn't make a difference. With that. I mean, the, the media is going to be against Trump rabidly, but then they're, they're, they, they really probably uh, subconsciously want Trump to come back and win because, I mean, CNN and MSNBC's ratings in the New York. Joe Rogan's beating them all in ratings. They're, they're in the toilet. Yeah. And so they probably want Trump to come back. But this has been true for a long, long time. The basically my entire life is that the the, the media is always left of center, significantly left. They, they just are more brazen about it now. It's mm-hmm. so obvious. And it, we remember when I was growing up, we we only had three networks. We had yeah. NBC, ABC, and C, CBS. PBS eventually, and then here came this thing named CNN. They actually had journalistic integrity at yeah. first. Well, that's all. That's that's done. That's gone. You got to get your information from whatever source you can find it. I mean, like there there are independent journalists and independent liberals out there, like Glenn Greenwald, who's brilliant, or uh, Naomi Wolf, or uh, Bobby Kennedy Jr. I've got his book on Fauci. I'm reading it now. These are Democrats. These are liberals. Uh, I can't think of this guy that's uh, been very good on the pandemic. He's a a, a left wing journalist. But they're few and far between because they, they get ostracized immediately. And let me tell you something. People want to be accepted. They want to be liked. Yeah. Alex uh, Berenson is his name, the guy that's done so much good work. And did what was, he, was, he was one of the guys like me right on it at first. And, and now we have uh, you know all these people like Rogan. I know you want to talk about uh, Rogan's interview. But the truth is coming out. And this is the thing about uh, conspiratorialists, and and I know a lot of them, and I love them all, and they're all perfect, righteous, holy, sinless, blameless, without spot, without wrinkle, but they're crazy, cray-cray, because eventually the truth comes out. Yeah. Eventually, it may take 100 years, but I, when I was in religion back in the day, we were waiting for the end of the times, the New World Order, the Illuminati, and they're still, it's just... You know, Bill Gates now. I mean, Bill Gates is a putz, but he, we're not good at keeping secrets, we human beings. He's made it very obvious what his intentions are. It's not a secret club. 
They've, they've been very avid. Justin Trudeau has talked specifically in Canada about the Great Reset. This is our chance. The pandemic is our chance to reset society. And some of society obviously needs to be reset. But you can't jam your penis in a vagina or in an asshole without loving preparation and thought and lubrication. Mm. And they just want to jam this shit in. People don't want it. The no. People are being raped emotionally, yes. physically, sociologically. Fuck that shit. That's not good communication. That's not effective communication. Justin no. No, the communication that has been going on has been programmed and very symbolic to be very repetitious, to remind people to remain in a state of fear. Right. That, and that, I mean, and that I can pivot back to even the conspiracy theories, right? They're fun to listen to, but ultimately they sit on the fear frequency and there's no resolution. There's no remedy. There's no attempt to correct when this kind of thing is presented to you as the way these people depict it. Nobody's ever trying to give me a resolution. They just are like, be scared, be scared, be scared. Something scary is going to happen. And I'm like, okay, do you just want me to sit here, have me sit here and bite my nails? Or should we like move past this whole fear thing? And I think that's what everybody's locked in. It becomes this new habit for us. Right? So anything that doesn't look like fear, all of a sudden seems really fucking scary. And it's like, what are you doing? You're rejecting connection and communication and understanding and a chance to be authentically vulnerable with someone. And you're like, wait, that feels weird. Back to being scared. And I shouldn't be around you and I shouldn't talk to you. But that has been the great perpetuator of this mass psychosis formation, which is the new trendy buzzword that every fucking Google article wants you to know is a bad phrase to even want to look into, right. even though it's hundred percent accurate. Right. And it totally describes what we are experiencing right now and have been really for the past 200 years, but the last two years, especially, and it's this disconnect from social bonds and this alliance with the state and the state authority and the state authoritarian narrative. And I, that, that right there just is what's splintering society. And that is what I'd like to talk about. So your first thoughts on this, I threw this topic idea to you yesterday, asked you if you're familiar with it. Yeah, it's, it's mass uh, hypnosis. Yes. And it's like you said, it's been here forever. If people desire to control and be controlled and have power and be empowered through slavery and domination of other human beings. That's fucked up. It's always been. But here's what happened about 20 years ago. This thing called the interweb started. You might have heard of it. Yeah. See, Hitler wouldn't have been able to do what he did without radio and film, it was a huge thing. Well, this, this shit's on steroids now. And it's, um, you've got to purposely divorce yourself from the mass hysteria. And they, people have always used fear, the religion, the fear of what, hell? Hell doesn't exist, you guys, sorry. Not in the Bible, it don't. Oh. There's, there's four words that are translated hell 55 times in the King James Bible. Not one of them, these four words mean a place where God sends a loving God. 
sense. Yeah. Uh, people who don't behave or believe right uh, to an everlasting punishment. Burning. And But the amazing thing is that I could show people this all day long. And I have. I, I, I was in this religion for about 10 years, the messianic Judaism, evangelical fundamentals bullshit. And I can show them all day long that these words, because we have the computers, we can look up every fucking word yeah. that is in the goddamn Bible. But they won't believe it. Well, they, it's not a question of believing it. It's just a question of knowledge and, it, and, and not being married to your identity as a Christian or your identity as a believer. I have been working with a guy named Mike Williams, Michael Lilborn Williams, for over 20 years on a project called Gospel Revolution. And you guys can go look it up. I mean, it's just, I mean, there's thousands of hours if you're interested. But obviously the Bible and how people perceive uh, their standing and perceive God for that matter in the world is pretty goddamn important. I mean, if the, if, as genius as the founders were, I mean, they absolutely believed that God was actively involved in the formation of this country. Mm -hmm. He wasn't. He's done. They thought that. I thought it for a while. But it is clear in the passages, and is this is, I mean, obviously, we only have so much time, but I'm telling you guys, God is not doing the shit that he did in the scriptures, in the Old Testament, we call it. And, this, and the Bible isn't the word of God. It never claims to be. It's a long fucking story. But I'll tell you this. Since day fucking one, God in the Old Testament and religion in general have used fear to control people. Yeah. So th this is why we had the scoreboard of death. Yeah. For COVID. I mean, people were glued to see the numbers. Well, they never did that before. Nobody was with doing the, that with if they heart would disease. Have, people would have freaked out then. Yeah. If CNN would have been, done the, a flu or carjackings or rape or fucking um, gun shooting, people would have freaked out then. Communication. We yeah. are what we think we are. We are what we see, what we hear. This is why I, in my coaching practice, I am so fundamentally foundational about mindfulness practice and meditation. You guys... It saved my goddamn life. It will save yours. And wouldn't that have been something if mainstream media was trying to help, uh, help us yeah. rather than just like scare the shit out of us and isolate us? They should have had experts on meditation, experts on stress management, experts on homeschooling. They should have been showing us yoga every day. Yes. Like, not yeah. just the fucking infectious disease experts and a scoreboard of death and you're getting Trump and Fauci and Deborah Burks and all these knuckleheads. So people, smart people, very smart. I mean, I got sucked into religion. I'm not a smart. People can be hit. I'm not a genius, too. but I'm not a yeah. fucking idiot either. I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer, but I, you know, I can articulate a sentence once in a while. I got sucked into it because I wanted to know the truth. Yeah. And I got, I did have a spiritual experience with Christ as a Jewish guy. I never knew anything about Christianity. I got sucked in to the cult, the cult of Christianity. It's a cult. Sorry, guys. Sorry, kids. It, it, it kind of is. I did. No, too. it's not I kind of. Late. It is. It all is. I'm trying to Anytime be gentle. Somebody says they're more uh, uh, favored by God than everybody else for whatever reason. That's a cult. That's religion. Religion means to put back under bondage. The new covenant way. I was starting with this earlier. Is that we're free. Yeah. We, the, religion puts people not in bondage to put under bondage. We're all righteous. We're all righteous for what? Free for what? whatever we want to do. 
they always ask me, well, then I can just go kill somebody. And I asked them, I said, do you want to kill anybody? Do you want and invariably to? they say, no. no. And I said, but don't kill anybody. <laughs> Ultimately, we only do what we want to do, even subconsciously or especially subconscious. You can't do something unless you have a thought first about it. You have a want to. You have a desire. So it, it's a, a Latin word means uh, back on the right. It's religare is the Latin root word for religion. To re-legion, to regather and put back people under slavery. Slavery for what? Listen, people want slavery to of the mind. They have a survival instinct. And even smart people like myself, I didn't want to go to hell. So the fear or the flight or fight response, when you are being attacked, that's what comes in. Fight or flight. And what um, I did in a, a small percentage, a growing percentage now all over the world, I fought this, this raping of our freedoms by yeah. the authoritarians. I fought it first with Trump, now with Biden, with, uh, I never heard of Anthony Fauci. That guy is a knucklehead. That guy He's has smart. been a knucklehead and just shady in science for decades. Yeah. And, and why and, he and ever so, got- Dr. Robert Morgan said, it was just either, he was like, he said to his colleagues, this is the guy that came up with the vaccines, the uh, RDNA vaccines, for COVID, ironically, he was like, Fauci's just been a shyster for decades. Everybody knows it. Yeah. But we never heard, but, he, but Trump let him lead the charge. And Mike Pence, Mike Pence can't even be in a room without his wife. With another so woman. That, yeah. If there's another woman there. What the fuck is that? That's a fear of females, I think is yes. what we call it. The fear of females. But, but the vast majority <laughs> of the population, unfortunately, Instead of fighting this in love and in with with constructive criticism and with understanding that everybody is one and everybody's righteous and perfect, most people responded in in fright, in fear, flight so, yeah. or fright. And what and, and when when somebody's afraid enough, Danielle, they'll do anything. Oh, I agree. Germany was a very smart society, but they were afraid. And they turned their, and now because of the internet, like we know that YouTube and um, Twitter, they canceled Dr. Morgan's account and took the video of Joe Rogan. Dr. Off. Malone. Dr. Malone. What did I say, Morgan? Yeah. Dr. Robert Malone. Yeah. yeah. They took his interview, his three, but it's, it's available. Mm -hmm. Rogan make it. it it's available. on Spotify. It's on yeah. Spotify. So you can see uh, what you need to see, you guys. If you want to see it, it's just like going to see the Bible doesn't have hell in it. But most people, I mean, my parents, God bless them. They're 85 years old. They live in LA. They think Fauci's the shit. Yeah. And they don't want to hear about it. No. And so, you know, and that, that is what really um, precipitated this whole mass psychosis too, is what happened with the lockdowns. And so this guy, Dr. Matthias Desmet, he wrote about this in February of 2020, how social isolation was going to lead to disconnection. And it was going to create a lot of problems for a lot of people more than any virus ever could. And that first condition was that, that lack of social bonds. Right. And so we have, and this is an effective authoritarian freaking method too, is you sever the bonds between society and you create for them a chance to bond to the authority. Yep. And that's what a lot of people did, right? So they were scared. 
They were disconnected. Okay. They, and they were told um, they couldn't, they couldn't go see their, their relatives. You can't see your grandma. You can't see your yeah. grandson. And I was yeah. like, fuck that. I'm going to see my grandson every day. Yep. If I fucking want I, to. again, our family, we never, no, nope, we never that. isolated. We, we, no. we, we had our parties. We had our Christmases. <laughs> we had our new, we, we, we were like, fuck that. And people are like, you're getting together. We're like, yes. And, yes. but here's, here's the thing is that as part of the information gathering, I found out prior how to kill COVID. I talk about this in the book too. I met a guy when I was doing the radio show in Milwaukee, uh, Dr. Cass Ingram. Here it is. See this, you guys? Is that oregano? It's, it's called oregano. It is a super strength. This particular brand is from North American Urban Spice. Uh, I've been taking it for years, every morning. And when COVID first hit, I was stressed out like everybody else, but walking freer because I was meditating and I know human nature and I was writing about it and blah, blah, blah. But I got up one morning early on and I had a, remember the early symptoms, you had sore throat and a yeah. little bit of low grade fever, and sniffles. So I took not only my normal dosage, but I took one drop. It's very, very strong stuff. This oh, oregano. Yeah. And uh, I took one drop under my tongue, just let it sit, don't move, don't talk, let it absorb sublingually into your blood system. And then I went about, about 10 minutes later, I took another one. When that one settled, I hopped up a loogie, Danielle, that was the size of a quarter that was green and yellow. It was an infection. I don't know if it was COVID or not, but I hopped it up and I've been fine ever since. That was in early 2020. My daughter, her husband, the aforementioned Hannah, had COVID and Angel, the, the coming parents, they were healed from COVID, from COVID, I mean, from oregano. Um, my former wife, Dawn, she ends up in the hospital typically uh, once a quarter with bronchitis. It's an upper, COVID affects upper respiratory. She took this stuff. She's, I, she got it. She hasn't been a doctor in two years. She was sick, sick. She had COVID bad. She just super doses one drop every 10 minutes till it was gone. And there are a uh, lot of my, other... son, my son in California just had it. I, I know person after person after person. Who never went to the doctor, never had to go to the hospital. If I could do anything on the planet, I would have every single person have a bottle of this in their cupboard. Yeah. There's other brands, but it is fucking, it's, it's a proven pathogen killer. Yep. Oregano is highly antibacterial, highly antifungal. I use, I put oregano in tea. I do a lot of teas. I do the echinacea. I do stingy nettle. I do ashwagandha. I do skull cap. I what do you what do you clover. say to people who watch you all of my herbs big time? What do you, what do you tell people um, who watch you and know you about uh, why you smoke? Smoke with cigarettes. Tobacco. What do I tell people? Yeah, who say, hey, okay, you're all health conscious, but you're you're inhaling a, a known carcinogen. What are you saying to those people? I don't know. I'm telling them to mind their business because we all have. <laughs> guilty pleasures yeah no that's that's fine uh, also mother tobacco can help bring your prayers to our ancestors uh, so if you're intentional I, I with no, your smoking of your cannabis well. or your nicotine if you're intentional what kind of cigarette do you smoke i smoke loose tobacco straight tobacco and i pack my own so i'm not buying the ones that are sitting on the stores filled with all the preservatives i'm not uh -huh. saying tobacco is any better I, I don't have any problems. No, it is. A, it is a little, it's, it's less yeah. dangerous. 
I smoke uh, a lot a of reason, weed, so I, I that kind of helps. I used to smoke tobacco. <laughs> there's a reason that lung cancer rates went through the roof in the 1950s. People have been smoking tobacco for centuries. And it would have an effect on your upper respiratory and on your circulatory system. But the, mm-hmm. but the cancer came in the 50s because big tobacco just added all kinds of shit to the cigarettes. Yeah. And more addictive, faster burning, over 400 poisons on top of the nicotine and tar. Yeah. And so, yeah. So if you're going to smoke, you guys, do a Danielle had or Lose tobacco. American Spirit, which organically grown tobacco, no, no bullshit in there. But uh, yeah, I, I, I like not smoking cigarettes. It's, I, I See, here's the thing. I like I smoking. Be, I like smoking. Yeah, I know. I, 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 I loved it, but I like not smoking too. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, big tobacco, big pharma, big, big pharma. alcohol. I, 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 I see these craft breweries support those people. Oh but, yeah. Yeah. I mean, or uh, local wine, oh, local breweries and local wineries. Yeah. We've got all around like pockets everywhere, 10 miles this way, everywhere. Yeah. yeah. We're all about that. So and big pharma, big government, big media, big tech, fuck those people, big Not food. The people, but the organizations that are comprised fuck the system. Of- Fuck yeah. those systems as much as you can, because those systems and, fuck us. Yeah, they, yeah, but us. they don't even ask for permission. No, <laughs> no, isn't that funny? We've been taught how important consent is, how important bodily autonomy is, how important it is for me to be able to say it's my body and my choice, and I could decide what I do. Suddenly, those rules went out the window in lieu of the COVID, and I'm like, that's when, and that started happening in the beginning. You're going to put a mask on. No, I'm not. It's my body and my choice. And this whole, it's for the greater good. It's for the importance of the collective. It erased the individual and the bodily autonomy and the, my body, my choice and consent. And I am baffled by the people that continue to support the narrative that opposes that. How do you support a narrative that opposes bodily autonomy but then out the other side of your mouth, you're screaming about abortion rights in Texas. Like, I don't right. understand right, so how you do that. Why, why then, Daniel? Why, why based on what we've been talking about in the last- Why time? are they doing this? Because yeah. they've lost connection and meaning and they need to marry themselves to something that's going to make them feel certain and comfortable about something. Right, because they're freaked out and afraid. And, freaked out and afraid. because everything has become politicized in our age of the internet, and instead of finding their true identity and who they truly are, we're human beings, you guys. We're not human doings. This gets back to what we were talking about success. You are, 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 no matter what you do, you're successful forever. Whatever eternity's like, it's all good and you're going. If, if there is a place to go, I don't know. I've never been there, but you're good. We're human beings. What do we be? I, I, when people ask me, what do I do? We'd I tell, be I, in this life. I tell, I tell, I tell them what I do. I say, I'm a relationship coach. I'm a communicate. I'm a life coach. Well, what's that do? And I tell them, but I never ask people what they do. I say, what do you be? They look at me, of course. What do you mean? What do you be? I said, well, I'll tell you what, what I be. And I know you be it too. You be perfect and righteous and holy and, holy. and without a sin. You never were a sinner. Norman Greenbaum had a great song in this. 60s, 70s, uh, called Spirit in the Sky. And he wrote the greatest lyric in rock and roll history. 
I've never been a sinner. I've never sinned. I have a friend in Jesus. Remember that song? I've never been a sinner. No, I've never that sinned. was before my time. I, yeah, you look it up. It's phenomenal. But now the, there's, there are other things. The spirit is not in the sky. That's the name of the song. The spirit's inside of every single human being. If you find or as you find your identity, you guys, in your true identity, you're not going to find it in your political party or even in your hockey team or your profession or your kids or your spouses. I mean, half the time people get married is because they want to prove that somebody can put up with them yeah. <laughs> to the world. See, somebody can stand me, but you, your identity can't be in your spouse. I mean, it can be. It's not effective because no. people do all kinds of jerky things to you. And even if they didn't, it still wouldn't be effective. Find your identity in who you be. And that's what the coaching really, I mean, it's foundational. And then you can strategize in how to live a more effective life. Like you said, Danielle, we're in the world. How, so how, how, do, how are you a better lover, more effective lover? How are you more a freer citizen? Uh, how are you a more effective friend and communicator and parent and grandparent? And, you know, the, the list goes on of what we do. There's ways, but it's really the best and most effective way is to start from a foundation and a meditative life that promotes between your ears that you be this perfect, righteous individual that happened when you were conceived Boom. right? for you to be in this life. Yeah, okay. absolutely. So, and, and that's, I think the big sh thing that I want to focus on, right? Because I like other people, like you've admitted to, I get sucked into it. I get freaking overwhelmed. I'm like, what the fuck is going to happen next? Oh my God. Do I need to go stock up on garbanzo beans and tuna? Like, I don't know what's going to happen next, but I find myself, you know, I go through this, like even just when I was listening to this interview about this doctor talking about this, this idea, I'm like, if, if a third of the world is under this hypnosis, what do we do? And so the only thing that we can continue to do is that, I mean, I think you, you maintain this too, this positive mindset of reminding people who they are, because a lot of times we forget who we are and just really just stopping in the present moment and going, look at right now. And such a corny thing. I got this from a life coach I worked with right at this moment right now. I have absolutely no problem, right? I am in a house with heat. I've got clothes on. I've got food. I got coffee, whatever. Why do we over problematize our future while ignoring what's right in our present? And so for me, I've just been, okay, we need to just back to homeostasis, back to remembering who I am. And All right, well, can I, can I interrupt you there for a second? For a second. Okay. Yeah. Uh, why? I'll tell you why. Because human beings have really had it rough throughout mm -hmm. our recorded history. I mean, slavery, bondage, religion, mass murders. This is on our, our genetic code. I'm reading a book right now by a guy named Dr. Carl Zimmer. It's called She Has Her Mother's Laugh. He's a geneticist. And Pretty much everything is based on how the sperm and egg came together, you guys. Not directed by God. It just is when your mom and dad fucked and you got <laughs> conceived, you were made perfect, but there were genetic predispositions that you're living out. And this 800-page book by Dr. Zimmer, who's a geneticist, but he's a very good writer too, uh, bears this out. So not only are physical traits uh, handed down, uh, which they are, obviously, but emotional traits are too. And people 
who have the emotional trade genetically of being more susceptible to fear, more susceptible to domination. Who knows what is in their family tree? With Ancestry.com, the Mormons, God bless them, uh, came up with this thing out of their religious obligation. Do you know that? That Ancestry.com is a Mormon thing? Because no, out not. of one Bible verse that Paul talks about getting baptizing for the dead. So you got to research people that you baptize for. That's that's how Ancestry.com came to be. Hmm. But, we, but we know more about where we came from sometimes. I don't because I, my, I have no history past like, or before like the 1890s, uh, I've, I've looked into it. But regardless of, of we're, we're, we're made up of our combination of our mom and dad, and then all of our other ancestors, genes. And so why? That's why. We have had so much negative shit happen to us. We're used to it. And people talk about what happens in their lives. So we, we, we focus on the negative very, very easily. Just like you just got done saying, you've got everything you need right now. Yeah. But that, that's not how our brain works naturally or genetically. It, it tends towards the negative. What we don't so have. Negative shit yeah. happened to our ancestors and it gets reinforced all the time. I'll tell you what's going to happen. It's not going to be the same. It hasn't been the same since we started this thing. No. Change is the only constant. We yeah. all know this. And yet people are surprised when things change. Things are going to get better and they're going to get worse, just like they always do. Every year, <laughs> some things are going to be cataclysmic. There's going to be a nuclear dirty bomb eventually drop somewhere. Or an economic uh, collapse. And 100,000 people are going to die and it's going to suck ass. And as my friend Dina Lynn would say, not in a good way. Yeah. <laughs> people say, how can you laugh about this? Well, if you can't laugh about this, what can what, what can you laugh about? Nothing. That's why people are so fucking miserable. Because nobody's laughing. Because as you, I don't know if you, <laughs> it was probably just satire, but someone said, don't you know, comedy is supposed to be about the family and for safety. And it was, you know, Dave Chappelle trending again because he's a horrible human being. But we are, we seem to be anti, this, this country, I'm not, seems to be anti comedy right nobody now. wants to laugh everybody has to be serious and watching the the death board why is waiting. why is that why is that why 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 have they they attempted the authoritarians have attempted to kill comedy well because that's the first way to start eroding free speech right well because comedy smiling laughing is really important yeah. People that are enslaved, you don't see a lot of pictures of enslaved people when they, when the, when photography first started. You don't see a lot of slaves in America smiling. They no. were enslaved. Yeah. P free people laugh. Endorphins are released. Serotonin. Free gets, people brain, laugh. Brain, yes. I mean, laughter is an incredibly important thing. And yes. when we find our identity in who is being made fun of, instead of the fact that this is a funny fucking joke. That's when you have to shut it down. Yeah. Guys, I, I can't stress this enough. I, your identity is critical to meditate on and to repeat. It'll do the work for you, for your brain. If you will get it out of your mouth or hear it, just, there's a million ways to meditate your true righteousness, your perfection, your one. You're, you're who I am. Yeah. We are, we are. I just, in Tampa here, we just had a, thing happened on our football team, the, the Buccaneers, uh, one of the players quit in the middle of the game. 
last week in New York against the Jets, a guy named Antonio Brown. He just he, he took off his shoulder pads, took off his shirt on the sideline, and walked off the field in the middle of the game, freaked out. And I wrote a blog about it. You guys can see it on my website, the, the G-Spot blog at CoachLonKlein.com. I, the, the, I entitled, We Are All Antonio Brown. And how to deal with people and communicate with people in your life that are severely mentally ill or manifesting mental illness that, frankly, comes, it brings you into danger. If the wrong guy or gal gets in, in, in control, like a Stalin or a Pol Pot or an Adolf Hitler or uh, Kim Jong-un in North Korea or uh, whoever, and enough people are not willing to put their lives on the line in order for freedom, these things happen. This is a huge time in the history of uh, democracy. And because I, listen, ultimately, I have nothing but optimism for the human race. Because I know that things have just continued to improve in the history of the world. We have rights for women. We have rights for LGBTQ plus people. There's rights for uh, uh, people of color. There's, slavery is not an acceptable form of commerce anymore in this country. These are all really, sex slave trafficking is, is a known thing. We have to deal with it. But history does not go like this. Martin Luther King Jr. said, the arc of history is just, but it's long. It's this, it, it's going to take a long time. Yeah. It's long to us. It's not in the overall scheme of eternity. It's nothing. It's nothing. It's nothing. But yeah. again, it's a, a, how do you communicate? Do you see yourself as being part of a one experience, a one human experience, or is your little part of it, this momentary, uh, the, the, the scripture calls it like a wisp of wind. Just it's here, it's gone. It's like a fart in the wind. Yeah. But that's why every generation, it's a religious mindset, has to think they're it. There's yeah. not going to be, let me tell you something, guys, this thing's going to be going on for centuries and thousands of years and hundreds of millions of years to go. <laughs> yes, I know. Who, who was the uh, initial uh, pope of the environmental movement? Fucking uh, Al Gore. What is he? Yeah. Southern Baptist. So he, 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 he got rid of Christianity, but he adopted the same end time mindset. Yeah. What are they doing? They're freaking our kids out. Yeah. They're That's so why I'm glad I homeschool. They're, they're never going to grow. Kids, you're going to grow up. I promise you, unless something untoward happens, you're going to grow up. Yeah. Yeah. Should well, we take care of the environment better? Of course. Yeah. But should we be forced to? Nope. Nope. No, force Human is, beings have no. a strong desire to survive and thrive, and they should be encouraged to make good decisions, not uh, forced to. They should also be delivered some patience to be allowed to experience it firsthand for it to change them. Coercion often, doesn't work. No, coercion doesn't, but personal experience does. And that's the only thing that we really can see change take place with is subtly, right? Is like, it's going to take one individual who's been homophobic all his life to come into an experience with a, a same sex person and have a connection with that person, have them ultimately change him. It happens. So what Corey always says, one starfish at a time. And it's in reference to the story about 
uh, hurricane came line, a bunch of starfish trapped on the beach. And this guy's just chucking one in the ocean one at a time. And someone says, what are you doing? You're never going to save them all. And he says, no, but I can just try one at a time. So anyway, right. one starfish at a time is just really all it takes to yeah, yeah. Exactly. just live a little better off than we found it. That's, that's the best we can hope for. Whether and what we can do right now, whatever number we put to it. Yeah. And to strategize now, what I think we need to see is more reconnection. We've had this, this disconnection take place, but we have to be so bold enough to step over that invisible line that tells us that social distancing is safe and realize that what's actually better for us are social bonds. And those who feel like they need to remind other people should just keep walking in their truth, right? Like you said it earlier, I'm not getting vaccinated. That to me shows that you're also open to a conversation about that, right? So like when I was working last week, someone asked me what I thought about the vaccines. And I didn't take it as a political angle. I wasn't going to make assumptions about what he thought. I just said, look, I've never been for vaccines. I've never done that, that the sexual transmitted vaccines. I've never done the flu. I do these vaccines. I just got a tetanus shot, but I'm holistic. I believe in nature's medicine. I believe that God has already given us what we need. That's why I'm big into herbs. That's why I'm big into essential oils. That's why I'm big into eating my own fucking food. Right. And so I went on and on and on. And I said, and I'm, you know, big into vitamins and I do this and I do that and I never get sick and this happens. And he is totally pro-vax. He thinks that I'm living dangerously, but he didn't demean me. Right. He was willing well, to hear the discussion. And I good. think if we're more patient with each other, you're going to have an opposing view for me. That's fine. But I'm going to, I think the only assumption I want to bring to the conversation is the assumption that you'll listen to me. And so if we're sitting around giving each other enough like space for that to actually listen, even if we're skeptical to just listen, that's going to be ultimately what helps strengthen those connections is that communication, that dialogue, that conversation that we can have with each other. And you don't need to be right. And I don't need to be wrong. We can just be seen and heard. And that should be enough for us, really. And that is one way to affect a greater change for reestablishing that connection. Yeah, you've heard me refer to uh, effectiveness and ineffectiveness in the last hour. I pretty much have removed when it comes to uh, people's attitudes and behaviors, right and wrong from my uh, vocabulary, because that connotes a morality. And we're all perfect and righteous, no matter what we think. Mm-hmm. Are our thoughts effective or they are ineffective? It's not effective to think that there should be a master race, for example. That's not enough. It didn't work out for those folks very well to think that. And so our thoughts and behaviors, effective or ineffective. And uh, the way to get to be more patient, and I, again, the transformation that happens in the brain. And now this guy, Dr. Joe Dispenza, if you haven't a lot of his work, he's proven that this kind of mindfulness practice actually scientifically positively affects the human being, our brain, T cells, our immune system, serotonin levels, dopamine. I mean, these things are really important, way better than psychotropic drugs. I just want to cut in and say, and Dr. Lori Brado also says that mindfulness and meditation is significantly, significantly sexual. Can you say significantly like that again, please? Significantly 
sexual. Like no what I mean is meditation and mindfulness turn on your erotic zone. Yeah. So anyway, as you were saying, I just want to throw that in. That's a, that's a beautiful thing. It is. It is. Mindfulness. How, how, is, how is our boy, Corey? He's good. He's good. He's sleeping, I think. Good, good so. Well, yeah, he's, he's a sexy man, your husband. He is. His hair keeps getting longer and he just gets sexier. That's good. good. Yeah. And this has been good. This has been sex. It's been sex. It's it's called intercourse, you guys. Intercourse. We have sexual intercourse, but everything's about sex. If you can understand. We're having verbal intercourse. Right. If you can understand, we're there's there's a thing called sapiosexuals, people that are turned on by people who are smart, by people's intellect. It's a real thing. It is. And uh, if you... um, want to understand sexuality everything else comes from that how do you procreate how do you produce life and pleasure in every aspect of your life that's the name of my company boom life and pleasure communications lpc baby i like it and uh and by the way if you guys contact me um your first session is on me so if we connect um and, and you want to continue we do and uh I mean, it's, 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 it's getting good, man. It is getting amazing. And to jump in, the water's great. The water is fucking toasty. And they, you want, it's online with Glenn Klein, right? No, it's, you just go to coach Glenn Klein. Coach Glenn uh, Klein. Two ends and Glenn Klein, like Calvin, with not as much money yet. Yes. I'm coming for you, Calvin. CoachGlennKlein.com. And uh, for everything's there. My podcast, you can connect to Sex and the Pews. You can get connected to the general topic show. I got to have you on the, the Glenn Klein online, Daniel. Turnabout is fair play. All the Danielle Kingstrom appearances on Sex and the Pews is available there. Yeah. Those were hot. Those were good. I like that one that I called in and you were recording. That was pretty cool. I just let you on, right? Yeah. That was good. That was good. And this was good. And you're amazing. Always, Thank keep you, on Glenn. Smoking and being smoking. And uh, just love you people. Shalom, everybody. Shalom, thank you.